Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are here to cover uh, the recent Big Ten awards for the football team. We're going to touch on the recent transfer news of Jack Plummer. We're going to talk about the recent uh, drubbing of Florida State and then look ahead to the Purdue Big Ten opener against Iowa that is coming up this Friday. So we've got a jam-packed show. Uh, I do have a question for you, though, Casey, if you are ready. I'm so ready. I have arrived. Okay. So there was a lot of a lot of hubbub on Twitter uh, during the Purdue game and during the IU game. Uh, it, and it really it came after about the coverage of the Indianapolis Star and what it means for Purdue. And there were a lot of people saying, you know, it doesn't matter what they cover uh, because Purdue's fan base can get news elsewhere. And complaining about coverage is just a little brother thing. And I wondered what your opinion is of the coverage that the Indianapolis Star gets and if you think they need to do a better job covering Purdue. Um, and I'm not talking about opinion pieces. I'm not talking about, like, what Greg Doyle does. Greg Doyle does a great job. He, I think he's an excellent writer. Yeah, I don't know uh, what people think Greg Doyle is. Yeah, I'm not sure how he got he's dragged into this. He's an Indiana State writer of sports. Yeah. He's our best sports writer in the state. Yeah. He's going to cover uh, other schools. Yeah, he covers everything. And he, like, like I said, he's a great writer. I think when something moves him to write, I enjoy reading it all the time. Um, but I'm talking more about the, you know, the beat writers and the fact that they seem to have about three for IU and, 
because the JNC and the Indianapolis Star are both owned by the same company, they just, you know, take what's written in the JNC and throw it in the Indianapolis Star. Well, that's your answer, right? Yeah, I mean, it has the to JNC be. The JNC but... doesn't send writers down to cover IU games. We have our paper. We have the journal. But it, I guess my, my thing is, doesn't it bother you that no. the, the state's leading paper basically farms out their Purdue coverage? No, because they own it. Yeah, but I, I mean, and I get it from a business perspective. I do. Because, l- like you said, they they own the Journal and Courier. They cover the same thing. But the fact of the matter is you would get two different types of coverage. And I, I don't want to be too derisive of the folks that work for the Journal and Courier. But the fact is the Journal and Courier is not the major newspaper in the state of Indiana. The Indianapolis Star is. So if you get the job at the Indianapolis Star – it probably means a little bit more than getting a job at the Journal and Courier. Yeah, but you're not going to have both. So even if you hired someone to write for Purdue that wrote out of Indie, like the Indy Star, you're just not going to have the Journal and Courier. They would just take all the stuff from Indy Star, post it into Journal and Courier, then people would whine about that. See, I don't know that it, I don't know that they would whine about it that way because they would because it would be under the same headline because they would use it in two places. It, Look, it is a dying profession to work for print. They aren't going to spend double resource on something. First of all, it's Purdue Athletics. It's a small little circle. The JNC writers are in that circle. A second writer is not going to pull off anymore because the second writer is not going to be like, if you want that coverage, go get an athletic subscription. Because they have, have the, yeah, we both have. Because they have better writers. They're not going to full time cover Purdue in the way that. Uh, like a beat writer will, but they have the like heavy hitter writers that will write a big profile every couple weeks that are always great. It's not really what print newspaper does anymore. That's not what people read. That's not why they buy, you know, printed newspapers. That's not what we're in the business for. So there's not anything you're going to gain by having a second newspaper writer on campus. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right in that respect that the, the shift from uh, you know, paper to, to digital has really changed what we expect to see in a newspaper. But I do think those who complain about the Indie Star coverage, and I, I'm one of them from time to time. Um, I, but you complain, and what I see more than complaining about actual coverage, because first of all, you know, most people on Twitter, which is where I see, you know, complaints. Right. They're not reading the newspaper. They don't care. No, they are not. What they care about is when they come up with some stupid article about how Hi-U has one of the best. Yeah. In, in, the, the in the conference. We have a problem with their obvious feeding into this awful fan base. That's our problem. It's just dumb writing or framing just play up a fan base. Make some money, so whatever. But, like, you also deserve to get ridiculed. Yeah, yeah, I do think... I see uh, that uh, more than a problem of we're not covered. Yeah, a lot of the problem is their terrible headlines and their, their terrible way of framing stories to just, like, put the catnip out for the IU fans to make sure they keep clicking and keep coming back. Um, and that's just that's not just a problem with the way the Indianapolis Star covers IU. I mean, that's a that's a media uh, problem in general. I mean, clickbait and misleading headlines and giving giving readers what they want rather than what they should hear uh, is a problem everywhere. So uh, I think you make some fair points, but I just wanted to at least touch on that because it was all over Twitter today. So I thought we should at least touch on it. But We'll end that there, and we'll, we'll go right into the Big Ten Awards uh, for football were announced today. Purdue had a couple a uh, couple good ones that we want to touch on. Uh, the biggest one, of course, is David Bell won the Richer Howard Receiver of the Year. 
Um, so that was obviously the big get for Purdue. It was pretty surprising given the talent that Ohio State had at wide receiver. Uh, but Casey, you pointed out that it, it seemed likely that the Ohio State receivers probably split votes, um, and that left David Bell at the top. Yeah. Um, like when we were talking about the game with Ohio State, those are the four best receivers in the conference. Not particularly close. Garrett Wilson got a second. got third team. Uh, but I, I don't think you can argue with David Bell's just production. No, no. And he was, I mean, he had an incredible. He's not a fluke. Uh, everyone that plays him knows that you have to get against him. And in two, ta- two games against top five opponents, uh, he had two of the best games in the, in the country as a receiver was, you know, the guy on offense, even with missing a game, 1,200 yards receiving. You you can't complain about it. He was the best receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in addition to David Bell, uh, Aiden O'Connell was named second-team quarterback. And then on the offensive I end— I can't those... believe you wanted him to be our back. <laughs> yes, just me. You I was alone just... on the— just I was alone on the podcast. Whereas, you know, you from day one were like, <laughs> right. AOC, he's what we need. He's going to, you'll see, he's going to improve. He's going to stop throwing interceptions. <laughs> and you were right once again, as you always are. So I really, I should just listen to you more often. Uh, uh, so it was, it was those two uh, on the, there were the only two offensive players to get first, second or third team. There were of course some honorable mentions. We had uh, Payne Durham, Greg Long, Tyler Witt and Milton Wright. So I thought it was pretty good to see Milton Wright get some recognition Mm -hmm. because he really did come on um, throughout the season and just continue to get better and better. And I'm excited to see what he can do uh, next year for the team. So did anybody on the offense uh, you think get snubbed or was anybody in the offense there that got mentioned that you'd like to touch on? No, I feel like that was a pretty good that's a pretty good summation. Wright's a good sign going forward. Really did play really well in conference and really started to you know, take that potentially has because physically he's a potentially dominant receiver. So it was good to see him get rewarded for that. But yeah, that feels right. We had, we had two guys that were standout players. They both got rewarded. It, it's amazing that AOC got that playing pretty much just a little more than half. The, that also speaks to the quarterbacks in the conference, but it's really hard to argue that he wasn't the second best in the big yeah. time. Yeah, and I mean, especially we talked about from week to week how many of the quarterbacks in the Big Ten, even if they were on good teams, weren't particularly good at throwing the ball, did not have good completion percentages. So, I mean, AOC certainly um, made the most of his opportunity, and he certainly earned that spot. Um, On defense, Purdue had just one player honored with uh, first team, and that was, of course, big George Karloftis. Um, no, No Purdue players on second team or no Purdue players on third team. Uh, we had a few honorable mentions. That was Jalen Alexander, Cam Allen, Branson Dean, Jalen Graham, uh, Dietrich Mackey. So we had uh, five players who I believe honorable mention means at least they were named on at least one ballot. So we had one uh, first team and then those five that were honorable mention. Um, and you mentioned earlier uh, before we started recording that you thought uh, someone on Purdue should have been named uh, at least to the second or maybe even third team. I think you said Jalen Alexander. Yeah, our, our do-everything linebacker that was all over the field. I thought he was excellent throughout the season, uh, one of the fastest, smartest defenders in the conference. And we had a defense that deserved more than one player. Our defense was, you know, top 20 most of the season, fell off a little bit at the end, but then recovered against Northwestern and Indiana. And that really was the driving force through a lot of our season. And it just felt like I, I thought our defense was better than just. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um it would have been nice to have at least a third team on there, but um, I, you know, I don't have the actual breakdown of the votes. I just have who was named, but it, maybe it'll put a little fire under them to show what they can do in the bowl game. And for a lot of those guys, maybe they'll come back and and have a good good year next year. 
Um, as far as special teams go, uh, Fenneran, Purdue's uh, place kicker, was uh, honorable mention. So uh, we've got that going for us. He is, of course, confirmed to be coming back next year. He said that earlier in the season. So we can expect a returning uh, kicker, and uh, hopefully he'll continue to improve. Um, I, I do want to point out that was the uh, coaches team. Uh, there's also the media team. For Purdue on offense, it was very similar. David Bell was first team. Uh, Aiden O'Connell was second team. And then for honorable mention for Purdue, uh, Gus Gus Hartwig um, received an honorable mention. I don't believe he got one with the coaches. Uh, no, he it's did not. Much. So yeah, too I know. So he he received an honorable mention uh, from the media. And then on defense, it was basically the same. Karloftis was first team, and then the honorable mentions um, were, I believe, yeah, the same five players. So no change there. Uh, and Finneran again was. Um, Honorable mention on special teams. So, I mean, when you look at how we expected this Purdue season to go, just having that many players named, even if they are just honorable mention, um, was pretty exciting because it really shows that um, there's talent on this team and Brom and the rest of the coaching staff have really found a way to utilize it. And if they can actually improve that going forward, it can really make a big difference uh, in how the team plays next season. So that was good to see. I don't think we're going to spend any more time on that, but just wanted to point those out. Um, the big news really um, came out, I believe, earlier, uh, I think it was Monday, that Jack Plummer, uh, originally the starting quarterback, is going to be entering the transfer portal and will be leaving Purdue. Casey, what were your first thoughts um, about seeing Plummer walk out the door? Um, pretty expected, right? I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, this means, I wasn't surprised. That hopefully this means AOC is coming back. Even if not, you know, you have to feel a little bad for Plummer. Still hasn't thrown an interception on this season. Uh, obviously a pretty talented player as I knocked down my pin. I wondered what that was. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just made sense. Obviously, whatever, whatever works for AOC and Brahms offense was not working with Plummer. Very talented kid. Seemed like a good kid. Gave us everything when asked for. So... I hope he finds a good team not in the Big Ten and has a good career from here on out. I think he's I think he's talented. I think in the right system, he could be really, really good. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's got a lot of talent, and for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for him at Purdue. Um, he always seemed like a good guy. Hopefully, he, hopefully he's walking out of the door with a degree. I don't know that for sure, um, but a Purdue degree is a good fallback. And then I hope he finds a spot next year where he can get some snaps and you know, just I'm sure he wants to prove to himself that he can do it. I'm sure it's one of those things. If he didn't give this another chance, he'd regret it for a long time. So I hope he finds uh, find an opportunity, lands on his feet, and um, you know, really gives it one last shot. So that that would be great for him. I hope. And uh, like you said, I hope this means that AOC is coming back, or else, um, as others have said, that maybe the the coaching staff is just pretty confident with what they have coming in uh, with Allen and the, the rest of the quarterbacks that are on the roster. But to me, the, the I would not be surprised if this means that AOC has kind of indicated that he would like to return. Um, so we will see about that as we go forward. Um, there were two other quick awards I wanted to mention, actually. Uh, Dave Shondell was named Big Ten uh, Volleyball Coach of the Year, Ooh. and – Matt Painter was in, announced that he was going to be inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, which I think that's just pretty cool. You know, for, for Matt Painter, a kid who grew up in Indiana, uh, played at Purdue and really is at his dream job right now. 
Uh, I am sure that being inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame means a whole lot to him. Um, you know, not everybody gets the chance to be inducted in there and to have his name put in at such a young age, you know, he's only in his fifties is, is just incredible. And, and I, like I said, I'm sure he's thrilled. It's just such a great honor. Um, and we're very proud to have him as a Boilermaker. So kudos to him for getting that opportunity. Yeah. Basketball means a lot in the state of Indiana and, you know, now for two decades, pretty much there's not been many people that have taken molded and meant more to the state of Indiana in the basketball world so it's cool to see him get his uh his just dues this will not be the last hall of fame that he makes no i I wouldn't think so especially if uh this season continues as um as we think it will be and you know i I know we like to cover volleyball from time to time on here we we can't claim to be the most knowledgeable people but it it was announced also today that three purdue volleyball players were named all big 10 uh first team Caitlin Newton, Haley Bush, and Grace Cleveland were all named first team. So just uh, kudos to them. Their postseason starts this week. It was announced that it's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you've got ESPN+, Plus, you can find those games, uh, find the dates and times. I don't have that in front of me right now. But uh, that is enough on the non-basketball front. I think what we're going to do, we were going to take a break later, but we're going to take a break now because we went a little long. I do uh, we'll I do to... have a little bit of breaking news. Oh, breaking news. Is it the oh, – I think I know what it is. Yeah, uh, former linebacker, co-defensive coordinator for Purdue – Marcus Freeman will be, it sounds like, taking over the Notre Dame football program. Yeah. So my first thought of that is good for him. He always seemed like a real good guy. Always seemed like he was well-liked by the players and well-respected in recruiting. But my God, that's a hell of a job for your first head coaching job. I mean, when you have the whole locker room fighting for you, being like, he's our coach. That's... Yeah, but I that's a lot of pressure for your first job. And... uh I mean, yeah, I, yes, but also you're following one of the least likable human beings on the planet. Yes, so. yes, yes. Brian <laughs> Kelly, not known to be the guy that you would like to just sit a, sit in a room and chat with. Uh, he he looks more like the guy that would uh, push you out of the way. If did you a did you watch the video of him talking to the LSU players? No, I did not. They could not have cared a single lick less. Nice, just dead silence, deadpan, just. Did you see the quote where he's like, I don't know much about Louisiana, but I'm going to learn. Like, no, great. great. No. Yeah. Happy. For him. Cool. Yeah. Oh God. I hope he fails. Oh man. What a dick. Ah. Um, so, all right. With that, uh, we'll go ahead and take a break. Come back. Talk about Purdue basketball because that is our happy place. We'll be right back. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back. We're going to How talk- about them pilots? Oh, my goodness. You just never know when it's going to happen. <laughs> love it. Love the excitement. Uh, so we're going to talk about yesterday's defeat of the Florida State Seminoles. Purdue, of course, the victorious 93-65. to 28-point uh, victory. Uh, that is not something I expected. Of course, Florida State was a little shorthanded. They had three players that were out. Um, but when they look at this victory at the end of the year, no one's going to remember that. So nope. that is going to look like a very good victory. Um, because I would imagine Florida State's going to be pretty good. I mean, I think you saw it in the game, uh, last night. They do have a very good defense. Um, they're swarming. They're, they're quick. They're really getting their hands in your face, hands in your passing lanes. Um, but, it didn't really seem to bother Purdue, and I thought that was my biggest takeaway, was how well Purdue handled the Florida State defense compared with what they've done in years past because uh, Purdue has never beaten Florida State uh, in basketball until yesterday. Uh, they were 0-4 against them, I believe, uh, lifetime. So to see how well they handled the intense defense the Florida State threw at them, to me, was the biggest takeaway and really gave me uh, – a, a good vibe going forward for what I think this team can do. Casey, what were your big takeaways from this Florida State game? Yeah, uh, that was the best offensive performance against Florida State in 15. Oh, my. Uh, that is a school and a program under a coach, Leonard Hamilton, that prides himself on a defense that plays an unusual defense. Yes. Uh, they front everything. They put their big man out front on his own a lot of the times because... Yeah, that, that seven-foot guy at the top of the key on defense was wild. Because everyone's athletic and everyone can move. And that's the kind of team that we've watched, that specific team, give our guys trouble a lot in the past. Clemson came at us. Florida State has beat us twice in three years. And we handled it well. I thought Isaiah Thompson looked really good carrying up the ball up the court, getting us into stuff. Yeah, really took care of the ball. And, you know, I mean, the way the game started, especially, it was just a, what does this Purdue team have that we didn't have before? We've had dominate big men. Not not, not in the way that we have it now. But we've never had someone like Jaden Ivey who can, it's always an advantage if he has the ball. In. Yeah. He can get by you and get to spaces that, it's incredible. That, that layup he had baseline where he just like shimmy stepped left in the air and was all of a sudden just at the hoop with the ball in his yeah. left hand. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how we got him, there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he gets to the rim half the time, but I, you, you just watch it. And it's just a thing of beauty. You're, you're not supposed to be able to move laterally like that and vertically <laughs> at the same time. Right. And so quickly, it was like a sidestep that he still jumped up and just finger rolled the ball in at the hoop. It, 
it breaks it breaks my mind to watch him play a lot. And now he's making threes. Yes, the forty three percent on the season. He, he was four of six from three. And I mean, if he can truly continue at that pace throughout this season, add that additional dimension to his game. Oh my goodness, is he going to be so much more deadly? Yeah, I mean, not many teams have three guys that they can't guard. Hey, Levin, yes. give me a question. Oh, no. This should be easy. Okay. Because you know the names of all of our players. You've yeah, watched I do. them play. Who leads us in assist rate? See, okay, we were just talking about Ivy, so I'm inclined to think it's him. I'm going to go with Ivy. Wrong. Is it is it Trevion? Wrong. Sasha. It is Sasha. Okay. Do you know how many assists he had yesterday? Uh, Well, I, in fairness, I have a box score up. Eight so I, assists. I, yeah. Eight. Yeah, and he had two on back-to-back possessions, uh, big three-pointers. Just just a casual eight assists, and, and it is casual because he's such a threat, and he's so smart now with the ball. This is what we've been waiting for because yeah. he's always looked like he's a good passer, but he's like been a second late or trying to force stuff in where it's not. Now it's easier to you know throw the ball to the seven-foot-four guy. But well, also, yeah. he just he is the one guy that gets the ball in when it needs to, moves it around on the perimeter well. He's such a threat that he's always pulling in extra bodies. So to see him, he's up to 27.6%. That's really good, especially for a guy who, what you don't think of him as a dribbler. but No, not at all. But he's putting the ball on the floor a lot more, and he's being really effective. Uh, late in the shot clock, he got a ball in the left corner. Didn't have a ton of space. You know, we've seen Newman get blocked on a lot of jump shots because he's just going to fire it. That's kind of He's like, I'm a shooter. I'm going to shoot. And that's fine, right. usually. Sasha's taking it. He Even if he could get it up, he knows they're coming in. So now he's driving past them, taking advantage. He found Caleb first on that cut. Didn't even, wasn't even an assist because first drew the foul and got free throws. But we're seeing Sasha really be able to do that, add more to his game every year. So that that's, he's not even a lead ball handler. He's not even the guy you think that's most dangerous. Like you named two guys who are legitimate. Like, why wouldn't they be the leaders in the system? Right. And he's just the third guy there creating opportunities for other people. That's how you have all-time offensive performances, which is what Purdue's doing right now. We're the only team uh, ever, I believe, that have had seven straight games of 80 or more points, uh, shooting above 35% from three and something else, just like crazy efficiency numbers. Yeah. And that's what you do when you don't have any weaknesses on the floor, for the most part, and guys that can make plays now everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it. I know we've said it before and we'll probably say it again throughout this season, it, it is amazing the pieces that this Purdue team has and how complete it truly is. There's nothing that you look at this team and say, they can't do this. You know, we have elite drivers in Jaden Ivey. We have elite shooters. And apparently Isaiah Thompson, um, <laughs> who's just been an incredible three-point shooter so far this season. I mean, we've got Sasha Stefanovic. We've got Brandon Newman, who is coming off the bench and can be quite uh, quite good. He played three. really well last night. That was the yeah. best game he's had this season. It's the Absolutely. best he's looked against good opponents. Probably the best he's looked since uh, he came out of the starting lineup last season. Yeah, I mean, he had 13 points, also grabbed six rebounds, two assists. Um, so he he looked pretty good. I know you talked on Twitter about how well you thought uh, Ethan Morton did, uh, both taking care of the ball and on defense. I wonder if you could expand on that a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's he's just like instant, instant chemistry on the court. He just comes on there and the ball, we, we had a little stagnation in the first. Uh, Eric Hunter came on the floor. Mason Gillis, all of a sudden our spacing's not quite there because everyone's not a threat to shoot as much and we don't have as much playmaking. And as soon as Morton came on the court, just instantly fixes that. He's always moving. He's he's just this weird body. You know, he's like 6'6". Yeah, he's like a real gangly. But 
all of a sudden he knows where angles are. He's attacking. He had four assists. Um, he had a great little, you know, uh, series of plays where he kept finding Sasha in transition in semi transition. He just, he's got a nice pause to his game. He'll take that two or three dribbles, stop and let the defense kind of confuse itself and then picks it apart. That's what happened with the last Sasha three, where he kind of did a spin move in the paint, looked one way, the defender expecting the ball go there. And all of a sudden Sasha relocates wide open. Morton finds he's just got this nice synergy to his game. And I really thought he, he adds a little more playmaking than anything else we have coming off the bench guard. one. Yeah, I think so too. And he, Plays passing lanes really well. Really active on defense. His steal rate is a pretty impressive to this point. He's got a steal rate of 4.3, which is the highest on the team. Okay. Uh, just really, really plays the passing lanes really well. That would be, if he had played enough to qualify, that's a top 100. Of yeah, I, I, I think tools. a lot of... I think a lot of what Morton does, you know, and one reason I've been a fan of him, you know, for a long time is... He just seems so smart. He seems, I guess, if I would compare him, you know, we always talk about David Bell, how crisp of a route runner he is, how technically sound he is. And I think you can say something similar about Morton in that he understands the game of basketball. He knows where he's supposed to be, and he knows how to get there. And he can kind of see, he sees the floor and understands where the defense is going and where the offense is going and where he needs to be. Uh, on defense to disrupt or on offense to make a play for his teammate. Because at this point, he's not being asked to score. He's not being asked to, you know, carry an offensive load. He's being asked to facilitate uh, and be a high-energy kind of guy. And when you come in, he only played 12 minutes, the um, you know, the fewest minutes on the team of anybody, but he still had four assists. Um, turned it over twice, but, you know, you can live with that. He had four four assists, one steal. And it's that kind of energy that we need coming off the bench. And as you said – uh, the offense looks very fluid with him in there because he does appear to have a good grasp of what he needs to do and what his role is. Yeah, he's great guy to bring off the bench. Never going to hurt you. You know if you need him to step up in games, that's good too. He can play a little more if needed, but right now our rotation is pretty good. I, I think going forward, there's a chance he takes some minutes from Gillis and Hunter, who are probably our two weakest offensive players. And, you know, when when we need a spark, I think Morton is someone that can bring that off the bench as like an eighth or ninth piece. That's an incredible luxury. So, yeah, I mean, I think what the team showed against Florida State is that no matter what a team throws at them on defense, they can respond because we have weapons everywhere. And we've gone this far in the conversation and haven't even mentioned uh, Zach E or uh, Trevion Williams. You know, they're, again, just playing so well as compliments to one another. Edie, 19 minutes. Trevion, 21 minutes. So 40 minutes of a game. One of them has been on the, one of them was on the floor the entire time. Uh, they finished with 12 points and uh, eight points. So 20 points between them, um, total of 10 rebounds. I mean, they're just doing everything we need them to do. They're disruptive on off, on defense. They're doing everything we need on, on offense. I mean, it's just incredible to see the the fact that we can bring Trevion Williams off the bench, uh, and he he just brings a completely different skill set uh, than Edie. And I don't know how many teams are going to be able to cover both of them effectively. Trey might be the most well-rounded offense player. He dominated and he this game. He comes off our bench. Yeah, he dominated this game playing on the perimeter, uh, being a facilitator there, or isoing off the dribble against smaller, quicker guys, beating them to a spot in the post, and then posting. I don't, centers aren't supposed to do that. Right. 
And right. so we either have that option or we have a seven foot four guy who you can't guard. You have to be perfect with both of them at every second for 40 minutes. And defenses are not equipped to do that, which is why our offense is number one in the nation right now and will not drift from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine we'll go very far below number one. Um, you know, staying number one throughout the entire season would be pretty tough. I'm sure we'll have hard games here or there, but um, the way this team is built, you do find it hard to imagine that they would drift down into the 20s. Um, I, I think they'll be up in, the, no up in the 10s or the, the, the teens throughout uh, the entirety of the year. So uh, we were pretty thrilled with that Florida State win, and Purdue now heads into the Big Ten season um, for a couple games before we jump back out. Uh, we play Iowa on Friday. Uh, and Casey, again, I know you went to this uh, crazy website, uh, YouTube, YouTube, uh, and <laughs> found YouTube. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and you watched a little bit of Iowa basketball for us today. Um, obviously, we're we're pretty familiar with them because we play them every year, sometimes twice, depending on the Big Ten schedule. Um, are they any different this year? Uh, is Fran still going to have a bright red face on the sideline? Is he still yelling? What do we need to know? Oh, definitely going to look like Christmas. Good. Well, you know, it is that season, so that is going to be good. It's, it's a December game. I want to see some red on the sidelines. He's going to look like Santa. No, uh, Iowa's the same team. Uh, the, the only real difference you could possibly find. They have a kid in Keegan Murray. Uh, sophomore, 6'8", 25. Right now, according to Ken Palm, he's been the second best player. in the. He's really good. Uh, really long, handles the ball, kind of a bully down low. Shoots it decently, not great. However, we got to talk about Iowa's schedule. Okay, and, that was a big however. What, and, do, what do we need to know? Because right now, Iowa is the fourth best offense, according That's to surprising. Ken surprising. That is surprising. I, they're a good offensive program. They always are. Here's the, check this number real quick. To, I had it in my mind, and I'm pretty sure, yeah. Iowa is 7-0 currently, ranked number 20th, I believe, somewhere right okay. in there. Yeah, yeah. They have played two teams worse, according to Ken Palm, than Omaha. Two teams? Two teams. Who? North Carolina Central and Alabama Oh, my. And did they hit? Looks like, okay, so I just pulled up their schedule. Looks like North Carolina Central, they really didn't beat that badly. No, I mean, 16-69. 17 points. Uh, Alabama State, 108 to 82. So they handled their business there. You are correct that their offense looks pretty good. They've gone over 100 points three times this season. Uh, 106, 108, and 109. So uh, that is pretty incredible. Looks like uh, Murray has been their leading scorer in six of their seven games uh, with Bohannon uh, in the most recent game against Virginia. So here is my, they've played one decent Virginia. Right. They just won 75-7. This is not the Tony Bennett squad that beat Purdue in the Elite. This is not a good Virginia. They will get better as the season goes along, but that is not a very good Virginia. They're not a very dangerous. They have pretty much blown no one out. Uh, Iowa was up in the, at the end of the first half to Virginia, 44-24. to 20-point lead against this not good Virginia team. Yeah. With less than a minute left, Virginia was up 74-73 and went to the line and missed the front end, front end of a one-on-one. Well, that sounds horribly familiar. Yeah. So that's how Iowa is still on. This is not an Iowa team that has been challenged. And even with this awful schedule, the best team they've played besides Virginia is 198th ranked Longwood. Oh, my gosh. So I'm ta- talking like as bad of a starting schedule as you could possibly play. And they have the 94th best team. Oh, that seems bad. You, considering. Would want it, you would want it to be better. Yeah, you would think if if 
if you're playing such a poor schedule and it's going to inflate your offense, you would think it would also inflate your defense because you're playing teams that are very, yeah. very bad. Uh, Omaha level bad, as you said. And if you'll recall, Purdue only allowed 40 points to Omaha. That's good. Nothing that Iowa has really done showcases anything of a defensive blueprint, which you don't expect from a McCaffrey team. That's, yeah, that's fair. It's that's not going to be a blowout. They've never been known for their defense. And they are not a particularly big team. Uh, they Bodes got, well for Purdue. Hey, my dog came down. You didn't even hear. <laughs> that's true. My Loud. That's what he does. So, yeah, Iowa is not, not someone that... They, their offense has been good. It's been efficient, but they also rely on a lot of offensive rebounds because they've played teams that don't have the athletes or size they have. I don't think they're going to get bailed out on offensive rebounds at Purdue. Yeah, I would not think so. And their defense was already giving up a lot of points in shootouts, like giving up open threes. They do not defend screens or pick and rolls well. <laughs> okay. Pick and rolls, we don't run a ton of. That's fine. They're going to have problems off ball screens. They're going to get lost. They're not a very disciplined defense. That's all we run. And we are disciplined. We are going to get open looks at the rim. And as soon as that happens, we're going to get open shoot. So it, it the only way that I see Iowa winning is if they just go in fuego. And they are one of the first teams that we've played that can't. They have yeah. those kind of shooters. Um, they have an insane free throw percentage shooting. Uh, they've got right now uh, five guys shooting above 90% from the free throw Oh, line. man. Yeah. So, so basically hope we don't get into uh, some yes. double bonus situation. Yeah. But we... Once again, we are talking about a very special Purdue team because right. we're both physically dominant, smart, and precise. And yeah, it's they, they mentioned this during uh, the Florida State game. They said, you know, if you look at this Purdue team and you look at how their schedule pans out, all but one game throughout the rest of the season, Purdue is probably going to be favored to win. Um, I believe the one was a game against Michigan. Uh, and at that was Michigan, on, correct. At Michigan, yeah. And, Which and we are now on. favored to win on Ken Palm. Oh, well, there you go. Um, so, I mean— as Purdue fans and as Purdue, you know, people who write about Purdue and talk about Purdue, um, we kind of have to realize we're in a different position than we have been. Yes. You know, Purdue has often been seen as the underdog. We may have been picked to win the conference or, you know, finish top four in the conferences where we've settled about the last five, six years. Uh, and we've won it from time to time, of course. And, you know, we've done a pretty darn good job of that. Um but we never really think of Purdue as the dominant team in the conference. There's always, you know, one or two other teams up there with us. And that may be the case this year as the, as the season goes on. But a lot of the other Big Ten teams have struggled out of the gate um, and lost games we didn't think they would lose. So Purdue is kind of sitting, sitting at the top of, of the Big Ten. And we need to realize that, yes, some of these Big Ten teams are going to be pretty good. But Purdue is damn good. And Purdue has talent at every position. And it's it's just such a reversal of where we're used to being that I think it's going to take some time for Purdue fans, myself included, to realize we you know, we obviously we have to worry about every game, but we should be favored and and we need to take care of business in games, uh, which is just so strange to say. Yeah, we don't we're used to being a team that is smart, plays well, has a couple good guys. We usually have a weakness. Most teams have a weakness. And if anything, over the last few years. Purdue has exploited Iowa's in head-to-head matches. They're not a team that plays well again. Yeah. Uh, we're scarred yeah. by that big comeback when they press. Yeah. Besides that, we've had a ton of success against them. Even that god-awful Evan Boudreaux team, we set like a three-point record. Yeah, we, yeah. Iowa's three-point defense has been notoriously bad when they play Purdue. So uh, if you're looking for anything, yeah, coming up on Friday, I would expect a lot of three-point shooting out of the Boilermakers. Yeah, and that's it kind of just talks to Leonard Hamilton is one of the best defensive coaches in the country 
and it's been around a long time. And he was like, ah, that's the most complete team I've seen in a long time. And yeah, he was like, that's a Final Four team. Yeah. And you always hear the Final Four stuff, but, like, yeah, we don't, as currently constructed in the way we're playing, there's no weakness. And the problem is that we play in a way that there's not just no weaknesses. We are a battering ram on the inside that you have to send two to three people, and we can shoot everywhere on the out. Yeah. So there's no schematic, there is no scheme that's going to say, oh, we can fix it. We we can cover these weaknesses. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's the complete opposite problem uh, or situation, I guess, as what people had when they played Purdue football. When they played Purdue football, it's like, hey, can we slow down Karloftis? Can we slow down David Bell? Uh, and we'll make the other players beat us. And I like our chances in that situation. When you're playing Purdue basketball, you can't simply say, we will stop Zach Eady and we'll make the rest of the team beat you, beat us, because Purdue will be like, okay, that's fine. You know, Sasha will hit some threes. Ivy will drive at you. Um, Hunter, Newman, you know, whoever is going to come in and they'll hit shots as well. You, It's just I don't know how you can truly, truly slow down this Purdue offense. There's no logic. Like, it's just going to take a bizarre off night for four of our players. Yeah, and we've seen that happen. Together. Yeah, I I mean, we've seen it kind of. In years, pa- in years past, yeah. we've seen it happen. Um, it's... You know, I mean, the—, the I mean, even last year in the in the NCAA tournament game against North Texas, there were a lot of Purdue players who played one of their worst games of the season. Yeah. Um, and just couldn't it, on offense, at least. I mean, defense was, you know, a whole other thing. But on offense, we had a lot of guys who missed shots they normally make. And it happened over and over again. And it was really a perfect storm to lose that game. And uh, I just I don't know that I see a game like that happening to this Purdue team. That That's the Zach Eady effect, right? Yes, how good exactly. He is, cause exactly. If you're dunking the ball every time you go to the rim, you're not going to have an off night. Yeah, yeah. Even though he did miss three bunnies and a dunk, I think. Yeah. Against... Well, hey, Jaden Ivey missed a dunk, too. I don't. That was so, strange. That, that was, that was the weird. Strange. He did it. With two, I don't know how that with two hands. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't even try to really do anything like incredible or uh, it was just bang right off. I assume it looked like it hit off the back of the rim. Uh, but man, I'm sure he wanted that one back. I will say Keegan Murray is probably the best, definitely the best wing we faced. So it'll be fun to see challenge by that in the way that he plays with the ball in his hand a lot and likes to drive. It's going to be a really fun challenge to watch Caleb first go up against him. Cause I think we've both been really impressed with Caleb first defense. Yes, that absolutely. block he had. Yeah. Out of nowhere. That's a video game. I have no idea how he got there. I had no idea how it wasn't goaltending and that ball just sailed up in the air. That was beautiful speed and reaction. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun to see him take on a guy who's going to have the ball and attack him. The problem is, okay, say first is struggling with that. We've got a even stockier guy coming off the bench, Mason Gillis. Right. Who's been there and done that. Yeah. That doesn't yeah, work. a little more experienced. That doesn't work. Trey Williams is looking like a lockdown defender this year. Yeah, yeah. So we have answers to almost every problem we could potentially have. And that's that's a really nice thing to have. Yeah, and that's scary for a lot of our opponents. So I, I, I just there's one thing I want to say before we go. Um, I'm looking at the Iowa roster, and of course, their head coach, Fran McCaffrey. Uh, yeah. There are two players on the team, Connor yeah. McCaffrey, Patrick McCaffrey. Yeah. I believe those are his children. That, sure. Uh, and in addition to Keegan Murray, there's a Chris Murray, must be brothers, uh, must be twins, uh, because they're both listed as 6'8", 225, sophomores out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So I assume... Oh, I did not do my research. Um, And then 
So I was watching the Syracuse IU game after the uh, Purdue game ended yesterday. What awful basketball! It was a very, <laughs> very bad game uh, technically. It looked like a YMCA game. And of course, the Syracuse head coach uh, Jim Beheim on their roster, Buddy Beheim and Jimmy Beheim, both seniors from Fayetteville, New York. I don't know. I I mean, Beheim's pretty old. Are those his kids or those great? Those are his kids, I do believe. How is that possible? Old men sleep with young women. I, I guess, <laughs> man. Like I, I just he's so old. I thought I, I feel like he, he's he been certainly there looks it. He makes Bernie Sanders. Yes. So I just think it's so strange um, that can we get each, a two on two tournament? Right. I mean, I don't know how good these McCaffrey kids are. Uh, I don't know how good the Beheim kids are, but. You know, you gotta love nepotism when there's only a limited number of scholarships you can offer students. Uh, so it's just a weird situation. I can't imagine. Would you play for your dad? Like, if you had a cho- if you were a D1 athlete? I mean, if I was a D1 athlete and I had a choice, like if I yeah, had, you have a other, choice. If like if I had other offers, you have other I, offers. I don't know that I would. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love my dad. I but there would just it would just be such a weird situation. Um, it would be. Yeah. And I mean, you'd have to wonder. Um, like, may, I mean, maybe if my dad is at the school I wanted to go to anyway, so maybe these guys really always dreamed of playing at Iowa or always dreamed of playing at Syracuse. That I think is a sad dream. Yeah, it's a stretch. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, could you do that? I mean, I don't have a relationship with my father, so that, that'd be devil awkward. Come on. You, you gotta pretend for the question. I gotta, could you I gotta go pretend to have a different dad? Could you go play back? Pretend your mother is the head coach. She doesn't know basketball at all. No way. Well, there you go. So, I mean, it's just, it'll be interesting. I, I can't imagine, and especially with the way McCaffrey acts on the sideline, I mean, imagine like your dad just screaming at you. I would go play for Jane Knight. There you go. There you go. Be on the Notre Dame women's team mm-hmm. in case you didn't know that based on watching every single Purdue basketball game where they're going to mention that. <laughs> I mean, she's an assistant Knight coach in no... the NBA, so maybe we'll go play for her in the NBA. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, So I'm not going to ask you for a score or a anything like that but what do you think the outcome is going to be for this purdue iowa game on friday um not that much different than the florida State, okay to be honest i, yeah, I think they'll, I, I they'll think score purdue a little don't. more because um and we've not been great defensive rotations around the perimeter but i also think this is going to be one of you know we're going to be challenged so our guys i think are i i don't think they can take it and i don't the the best thing florida state did was they did a pretty good job of denying the ball down low with that weird zone yeah i was not going to be able to do that no that's not what they do. No. Yeah. So uh, I think it's going to be exciting. This will um, this will be the first Purdue game I get to watch on my new 70-inch TV. Yeah. Final game. How do you feel uh, about so 9 o'clock Friday? I, I am going to probably have to struggle to stay awake. Uh, so, But at least I won't have to DVR and catch up as I put my uh, son to bed. So I'll be watching on my brand new 70-inch TV. Uh, first real sporting event I'll be able to watch on it. Uh, I'm sure I'll maybe see a little bit of a basketball game tonight or something, but it's not the same as a Purdue game. So um, we will chat with you again this weekend. Hopefully Purdue's going to be 1-0. And keep in mind, with Duke losing to Ohio State, if Purdue wins against Iowa. We didn't Iowa, even mention that. If Purdue it's wins on the against line. Iowa. It's, they one is there. very well be number one come Monday. Okay, so here here's my going out question. Okay. If, if you were writing a, a Purdue narrative, like this would be the number one Purdue way not to get a number one, right? <laughs> to finally, to the week before, after dominating, Duke steps in to steal our thunder by beating Gonzaga. Right. 
and there are Purdue fans like, we should be number one. And then the very next week, Duke gets knocked off. It's ours for the taking. It's right there. The Purdue narrative would be to lose we, this we Iowa lose game, Iowa, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we win this game, Purdue's, yeah. Purdue Purdueing is off the table, right? Yeah, I agree. For the whole season? I agree. Just well, I, I don't wipe know off the whole all the bad juju. But yeah, I mean, it would be because this is, you know, Purdue fans, we're a uh, testy bunch. We're scared of everything. We're scared of our own shadows. Yeah. So uh, I think if Purdue has the opportunity to get to number one and all they have to do is beat Iowa, a team that I, I think on paper we are much better than and uh, who hasn't really faced a team like us all season to to go into that game knowing if we win, we are number one. Matt that's. At Mackie too. At Mackie. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be huge. Um, and yeah, I think on the fry. You know what a great opportunity. So um, uh, hopefully hopefully Purdue is gonna walk away with a victory and come Monday we will be the number one ranked Purdue Boilermakers. Um, and now you broke in with breaking news. I got a little breaking news myself. Purdue women's basketball just had a buzzer beater uh, to oh, beat Georgia Tech. Uh, so they just they just won fifty three to fifty two. Uh, drove down the lane for a nice little. Uh, floater in the in the lane and won the game. So uh, there you go. Coach Katie Gerald's really trying to turn that program around and seeming to do a good job. They've already got a, uh, one ranked uh, win this year, and they're already receiving votes in the poll for the first time in about three years. So oh. maybe she can actually turn this thing around. Almost like. It's almost like it was a coaching problem. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? All right. Well, before we uh, get too deep into that well, uh, let's go out on that high note of another Boilermaker victory. So uh, for Casey and myself, thanks for joining us. Casey, give me one more on the way out. No. No? We just no. won a game. Yeah, I'm going to save it. You're not your dancing really, monkey. You exactly are my dancing monkey. You're bringing me down. <laughs> You're bringing me down. How about the Boilers? That's what I'm talking about. All right. We'll chat with you next week, folks. Oh. Uh-huh.